to the Blessed Podcast with your host, Anna Tigray. Welcome to another episode of Blessed Podcast. Elaine, you're back. Look at us. We are no longer procrastinators. I'm not back, Anna. I've never left. <laughs> no, we're not procrastinators. This is our second day in a row. You know, one of the things that people don't know is that you are you live in two places now. You live part-time in Florida and part-time in Las Vegas. And it was so funny because somebody asked me yesterday, it was at the gym, and it's somebody that knows you and knows us. And they're like, oh, have you seen Elaine? And I'm like, yes, she lives at my house. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that wasn't a bad thing. <laughs> no, it's just like, well, I didn't know that. I said, well, we have a really, really big house with a, well, not really, really, but. Well, it's big, two big, master suites. Big enough to have a, I, w- I would say it's called the mother-in-law suite, but you're more like a sister-in-law. So <laughs> you, <laughs> you better still, not call me a mother-in-law. <laughs> you still got your privacy. That's right. <laughs> but how do you like that lifestyle of going back and forth? Many people would be like, I just want to stay in one place. But you know what? That he- here's It's a matter of perspective. You know how, how they say there's no such thing as reality? There's only your perception of reality? Right. So I used to be sometimes a little critical of my lifestyle and going, oh man, you know, I got to travel so much or I'm always on an airplane, blah, blah, blah. You know what? I chose one day to look at it as I feel so blessed because I get the best of both worlds. I get to be here with you guys. I get to be a part of these foster kids' lives. I get to be with my friends out here on the West Coast. I get to be on the East Coast. I get to see, you know, my man. I get to see my friends out there, but I get to be in two different amazing worlds. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when I leave the one, I'm ready for the break and I come to the other, right? right. And I just consider myself very, very blessed. So this is like, I'm living the life. You are one of those people that you don't like downtime. You like being busy. Okay, so that's another thing. I thought I liked <laughs> downtime. So I thought, oh, I get six whole weeks off after Christmas or right. no, from mid- December, I didn't start work again till the beginning of February. Right. So I spend my downtime in Florida. Right. And and over there is just you and Darren. Right. In less than two weeks, I started to lose my mind. And I was like, how much can I clean? Okay, so let me paint. So I was painting. I was cleaning. I was right. reorganizing. I was, oh, let me do some more grocery shopping and some more sh- and some more cooking. Like, I was like, okay, put me to work. Like, I can't even stand this anymore. So I was looking for clients out there. And that's the one difficult part about being in both places. You can't retain a clientele. Sure. Because you're gone a lot. You mean personal training clients. Yes, personal training. Yes. Yeah, that's true. And... Uh, Trust me, that coast does not have the the competitions, the shows like we have on the West Coast. It is nothing even comparable to what we have going on on the West Coast, unless it's a national show. Like Tim Gardner's got a really good thing going. Yeah. Um, But honestly, the shows are so small and so like seemingly beginner it's it's crazy i had no idea no west coast has it completely that's why i spend so much time out here and and i'm here actually for almost three months because i've got a show almost every weekend and i don't fly back and forth when i'm doing those shows 
So yeah, no. And I then when I you're like home, downtime. you're babysitting for us, so we can actually get. When I'm here, more than I am a couple so hours flipping sleep. busy. I've I've got three little kids <laughs> that Terry and Anna seem to have forgotten about occasionally. <laughs> it's like, oh, Auntie Lane's got them. So we're no, going I'm, out for coffee because for the past three months we haven't <laughs> haven't even had a date. So I get to let you guys go out on a date, go have business meetings. Yeah. I still get to visit all my friends out here. No, this is this. I like being this busy. So I'm never going to complain about it again and one of the things that you have always done and this is something we talk about often and you and i have talked about we've known each other for 12 years now and um is you help you help girls everybody that sits on your chair for makeup they already know it's a therapy session <laughs> because you've been through and 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 that's the truth you know we, we've we're given obstacles and challenges in our lives so we can overcome and then help others. I truly believe that. That's why I believe I'm here. And, right? Yeah. It, it Like, at the time, it seems you don't understand it, but later, when it when you're able to help somebody else through something that you already been through, it's like, now I understand. Now it all makes sense. 100%. It's like, it's like that verse, uh, consider it pure joy when you encounter various trials. Well, you go through your most of your life thinking, why am why do I have this burden? Why have I got all these obstacles? Mm -hmm. Why me? Mm -hmm. And self-pity is the worst thing that you can adopt and really grab onto because right. then you don't realize that you're put there for a reason. You lose all perspective. You lose all perspective and you think, woe is me, woe is me. But when you look and go, okay, you know what? This is not going to take me down. This is not going to kill me. Some You either lay down and die or you get up and you fight. And I'm a fighter. So- all the things that I've gone through in my life, and and don't get me wrong, it took me decades to figure this out, literally. Yeah, I, I, I want to talk about that because I want to start from the beginning and not the end of the book. But basically, you were raised at the farm, mm -hmm, right? The farming community. And, and, and we were talking about that the other day when uh, for the first time since I've known you, last summer, you were wearing shorts. And that's when, when you shared with me that um, as a young girl, if you would walk around in shorts. Well, my grandfather, you, yeah, you were not, a, girls did not show their legs, period. Right. And my mother, my father, my grandparents, everybody was on the same page. So even in a swimsuit, you better have one of those old fashioned full body covering swimsuits <laughs> because it just, they were afraid to show the body because of what might happen or the way people might look at you. And um, it was a lot of fear based. Yeah. Uh, your dad was a pastor. My dad was a Baptist minister. Yeah, my mom was even stronger so that way because she was probably the most modest person in the world. Right. And so they really instilled that women don't show their bodies. In what comes with that, you don't show your body. You don't have confidence. You don't. You aren't even entitled to an opinion from where I was raised. Wow. You're not really entitled to an opinion because somebody else Look has, at you now. Look at me. <laughs> <laughs> Can I get any more opinionated? No, and the thing is, though, when you're raised that way, as you know, I mean, yeah. we all have these experiences. Right. You don't feel worthy of loving yourself because if everybody tells you you're always wrong or mm -hmm. you don't have rights, mm -hmm. who are you? What are you? What, what, what do you have to really believe in when it comes to you, because right. it's always about self-sacrifice. Right. So I know it, I started out in a very strong sense that way. So as I went through life, I never had, an, and I'm talking about 
one ounce of self-confidence. And, and that's, I think that is the main point of this podcast because everybody in the whole entire world that will look at you drop that gorgeous at 25, 35, 45, and 55. Like just, you are just as, I mean, as a person, you are amazing, but your looks, it's incredible. And I, I think everybody, you know, would agree with me. And then you, you have shared with me and others that at your, let's see, at, at the top of your career as a competitor and, and fitness model, you were at your lowest as far as self-esteem. And, and I want to touch on that. And I also want to say, after 15 years in the fitness industry, that is something that I have heard so often. It is like, it's, you, more, you, you hear there more often than you hear, I felt my best and I was so confident. No, right? it's prevalent. It's prevalent in this industry because I think the industry draws people who lack certain aspects of self-esteem. So they're looking for something. They're looking for something that makes them feel good about themselves. They're looking for attention. Whatever it is they're looking for, they find it in this industry sometimes as a coping mechanism, which is kind of dangerous. Uh, that, that was my story, and I, I'm not going to go into that now. But you know, I, like many people I know, I was like, I just know that if I can get in the best shape of my life and get on stage, I'm going to feel differently about myself. And it turns out that was the opposite. But so, but that was a learning curve for you too. My goodness. Right? Yes. That so needless to say, this podcast is called self-love, <laughs> but you know, um, as we were talking about where we came from and where we are today. Yeah. Okay. So I'm 55 and I'm going to be really honest with this audience. Like you said, people look at you in a magazine or they look at you on stage at, at the Olympia. Right. And they say, oh my gosh, she looks like she fell off. If a I cake. was her, I would have if no I was problems. Her, I'd have no problems. <laughs> right. Little did they know when I got off that stage and the and the hoopla was over. Yeah. Hoopla. That, there I'm, I'm <laughs> you'll know my age by the terminology <laughs> I use. I would race to my room and shut the door. And sometimes just cry. It just, just the the darkness that would hit me because I felt actually kind of like a fraud because I knew how I felt inside about myself, and then I felt like I'm standing out there like I've got it all, and I didn't feel like I had it all. So I felt like I was lying to my fans, lying to the people who are watching me because I didn't have that sense of self confidence that I knew I should have, but I didn't know where to even get it because when you follow something so long that you listen to the bad before you listen to the good. That's that's just a known fact. Sure. You have to start listening to the good stuff. And honestly, I went to this is another whole another whole podcast, but yeah, I went we'll take, for we'll do some that another day. neurofeedback therapy which would actually helps change the the pathways in your brain. Right. And when I went which is that, which is often used for PTSD which, yes and it, you know basically what you had it is a type well, of they PTSD they told me right? that my PTSD and which I didn't even know I had they told me my post traumatic stress disorder right yes. was was just as bad relative to my life as as a war vet that came back from the war wow. so what I had gone through and what they gone through just relative to our life 
my PTSD really affected me. My and mom, I mean, you were raised at a home that, you know, by all means was like, you know, oh, two parent home, home, a two loving parents right. forever. Yeah, my you mom and, just passed away. They were married for 58 years. You and your brother and your sister are still super close, like best friends. You were never physically abused and you're never sexually abused. Like all of that stuff that you think, well, if you have major problems like that, maybe something really bad happened and you right, wasn't. And start to think that it's something, oh, people need to make up problems or right. people need to make up their, their childhood issues that they want to hang on to. Well, right. no, I don't want to hang on to anything. And, and regardless, I think the environment that I was raised in was I was just never taught self-love. I was never taught to be confident in myself or to um, really feel like I could do something, you know, or, uh, and, and when you're taught that you don't have a voice and you don't have an opinion, you just sooner or later just shut up. But when you shut up, you've got this inner anger that mm -hmm. is building and building and building and it's going to explode somehow because you feel, you feel the unfairness, but you still don't think you have the right to a voice. Right. And I didn't learn that. I think I was 44 or 45 when I finally went for this treatment and yep. realized oh my gosh, my opinion does matter. I'm the same as anybody else. It matters just as much as anybody else. Wow. And so I started to listen to that and I, I really did feel my brain take a complete turn, but it wasn't till my 50s when I stopped and thought to myself, you know what? Here I thought, okay, if I just have, if I just have a man in my life that I can just spend, that could just cherish me. The right could, guy. I was yeah. looking for some guy to yeah. cherish me. Right and love me and then I would be complete. Right. You know when I'm first complete is I'm 55 years old and it literally happened this year when I realized that I love myself more than I love any man that could or would be in my life. I love myself more right. and I respect myself more and I realize I am a good person. I am a loving person. I have a lot to give and anyone who sits in my chair they give me that feedback when they tell me what I've done in their lives and right. what I've helped them with. Absolutely. But now I've adopted it. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you what, first time in my life, I realized I don't need a man. I don't need anybody. Right. I have me, I have God, I have my good friends. If I have somebody in my life, right. then he's going to have to enhance my life because I'm not looking for him for any other reason. I am good. But this happened over 50. And and then you wear shorts. And now I can wear shorts. <laughs> because you don't care. don't care. And you look absolutely amazing in shorts. You should be wearing your you know shorts. You know what? I wear shorts or a bathing suit and people say, oh my gosh, you have such nice legs. I'm like, what? Yeah. Because I didn't ever adopt that. I, you know, and you know, we're joking around, but it's a big deal it, it was a big deal for you and to wear shorts which like you said anybody else in the world would be like are you you're crazy you yeah you're crazy to twice <laughs> you did 19 pro shows and you wouldn't wear shorts and and not only that like even now you are what 10 pounds from stage like you still keep yourself in it yeah i've always it just been, my off season was always 10 pounds and i'm still 10 pounds out i right. guess that's just where my body is comfortable. right right yeah but so uh, what you know so the girls listening to this, and not all of them are competitors. Some of them uh, might have 10 pounds to lose, and some of them might have 100 pounds to lose. Um, what would you tell them? Here's what I would tell them. First of all, just start loving yourself now, right where you are. Because 
you may or may not change your body or your look or whatever it is physically that you have. You may not change that. If you don't start loving yourself now, it's never going to happen. And if you can love yourself where you are, you're actually going to somehow in, in an underhanded way kind of encourage yourself to do better. Because when you love yourself and you don't care what anybody else thinks of you, you're doing it because you want to. Right. And you are good enough. And no man can ever define you. No right. person can ever define you. No family members that maybe dysfunctional family members cannot define you. You are who you want to be. We all have a choice. So I can choose to let people use and abuse me, or I can choose to love myself. Right. And anytime I see that red flag in a person, you know, when some people use passive aggressive yes. behavior, some people use different methods to control, manipulation, manipulation yeah. all those things. Look at it. Women's tuition is so strong. Mm -hmm. You'll get a feeling in your gut and you'll go, you know what? That doesn't feel right. What that person just said to me or how that person is trying to manipulate me right now. That doesn't feel right. right. So you know what? You start to cut people out mm -hmm. and you don't care mm -hmm. because if you care, then you're allowing them and their opinion and their controlling right. features to be more important in your life than self. -love. When you don't have self-worth, you look for it in other places. And when you do that, you are doomed <laughs> Oh because gosh, yes. you are never going to find it from anybody else. And, and honestly, even if you find the most loving, caring, giving, put you on a pedestal companion, your brain will do something to sabotage that. And exactly. And you, you, you just, you still won't get, it has to come from inside. And I mean, for you and I, we, we, we're Christians, we believe in God. And so of course you have that strength and, uh, but you know, it's God first, but you second, you have to allow yourself to believe that. And the thing is, is that anything in the world being your, your own child being your you know maybe you love your car maybe you love your pet how do you treat that person or that thing that you love you 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 care for it you know you you know you put the best gasoline you wash every so sunday why whatever are you worth it as right. much as that other thing or person or whatever it right. is so what are you putting in your body are you moving it are you exercising you know are you putting good things inside your body? Are you literally eating what you think will make your skin and your body and your health right. better? Right. And you know what? I'm, I'm over 50 saying this, and I don't expect listeners or anybody that I talk to to say, oh, yeah, you're right. I think I'll just start doing that today. It took me this mm -hmm. long to really understand self-love. And somebody used to tell me when I was in, I was in a dysfunctional relationship, and I did not get treated very well, but I kept putting up with it. And and I used to just want to Oh, everybody, <laughs> everybody wanted to take me and put me intervention, yeah. beat me, hide me, lock me up, whatever. But the point was is I I guess I didn't love me more. Right. And when you love you more than how anybody else can treat you or how anybody else can apparently love you, mm -hmm. um there's something inside of me just one day snapped, could have been my hormones, who knows, <laughs> but it snapped. And I was like, what right does this person have to take away anything from me? Right. And when I realized that I didn't need him and I didn't need anybody, right. I, 
I just can't tell. One day it'll click in your head. You'll hear this podcast and you'll go, okay, just put that in the back of your mind because then you start to listen and watch how people talk to you, how people treat you, how Mm -hmm. you go around, how do you treat yourself? Mm -hmm. I do you know that I didn't used to be worthy of getting my fingernails done or my toenails done or getting a haircut by anybody other than myself? You felt guilty because I felt guilty. Wow. That's scary. Now, hey, you know what? These nails need to be, hey, I'm going to go sit in that pedicure chair because I just need some relaxation. I need to be pampered or I need to go get a massage. Right. I treat myself good because <clears throat> this is my temple. Right. And how dare I take what God gave me and not treat it with the utmost respect? Right. This is the only body I'll ever have. This is the only mind I'll ever have. This is the only face I'll ever have, mm-hmm. unless I get reconstructive surgery. <laughs> but I am going to be mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. So why not love the way God made me? You know, I I, I used to tell, uh, when I train people online, I used to tell my clients right at the beginning, um, to start a beauty ritual, even though they might feel weird about mm-hmm. it. Um, women women have a tendency to start on a health and fitness program because they hate their bodies. And it, what I've noticed, again, it could be 10 pounds or it can be 100 pounds, but the, the, the feelings are very similar. And they always think that if I look this way or if i lose this weight i'm going to start you know wearing these clothes and and treating myself really well and it never works out that way so i used to put them on beauty rituals and i would say you know every morning you have your shower you have to put lotion all over your body to actually feel your skin that's that's your body like you have to care for it, not just quickly dry off and cover up, you know, and caressing your own skin. That's, that's a part of self-love. Right. Well, yeah, to to, to be good. in touch, like your inner self and your mm-hmm. outer self. Uh, we detach ourselves from our emotions and from our bodies. And especially if you've been through a lot and, you know, women, we, we carry all the weight of the world on our shoulders and we don't complain and we keep pushing forward and we do more and more and more. And, and if you're a mom, you have no right. Like I stopped sitting down at mealtime because with three toddlers, you sit down and it's like they know it. And it's like, I need my water. I need this. I need this. And so I just realized that I completely stopped sitting down. And I'm like, hold on. Maybe I need to teach them that, you know, I have needs too. But we do it without thinking. And then we're completely detached from ourselves. And then pretty soon we we look different than we thought without even realizing. And so just by putting on lotion and spending 10 minutes doing your hair, you know, it doesn't have to be intricate and doing a little bit of makeup, put on a little uh, tinted moisturizer. And yeah, mascara and, uh, exactly. All it takes. It's, just, it's all it takes, but it sets the tone for your day. It sets the tone for your choices that day. Absolutely. You know, it doesn't make you leave the house thinking that you are less than or less than everybody else that you're going to interact and with. And even with your children, when you think about it, you've got three three-year-olds or, and a four, or th- two three-year-olds and a four-year-old. Yeah. If they are saying mom jump and mom says how high mm-hmm. then what are what are, are you they learning? teaching them right. and what are how are you leading by example right. if you don't sit down and say no you'll 
You'll let mommy eat and you're going to eat. You're good with what you have there. You'll get that in a minute when mommy's done. Right. Because mommy has rights too. That's exactly. And if you self-sacrifice, you actually end up starting to resent your children because they're, and as they grow up, they'll just keep asking more and more and more of you because they don't feel, they don't start to connect with how you have needs. So then it always is about them. Sure. And you don't want them to pass that on, you know, as they start making friendships and like that, you don't want them to not think about, Hey, what does my friend need? Right. Is it always about what I need? Right. They'll start demanding of their friends and, and, and they won't ever let that person sit down and eat like, like their mom, yeah. you know? Yeah. So you have to lead by example, I believe. And if you, if you self care, then they'll understand that there's a time when they don't get, they have to actually give. Maybe that and, starts and now. I mean, another thing, you know, talking about food and stuff that most people don't know is that you overcame an eating disorder that you had oh for goodness. how many years? Well, I was I was obsessed with food since I was a small child. And I don't remember when it started. All I know is that was my only one coping mechanism that I knew I could get away with because in my family, eating was popular. Mm-hmm. I had some very, I had all of my aunts on my dad's side were over 200 pounds and a family of 13. Um, There's, I think, six, uh, six boys. Seven girls. So, yeah, something like that. I'll do the math. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think there were more boys than girls, but regardless, my yeah. aunts were very heavy. Yeah. And eating was always acceptable. So I knew that, and I didn't do it consciously, but I had an addiction because that addiction, that was saving my life every day. That was giving me something to focus on and control it was giving me control right and so i started just with that food addiction and as i got a little older it became an eating disorder and 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 i adopted bulimia whatever it was where i could control something because because i didn't have any control as a child Mm -hmm. i didn't get over that food addiction till i was 44 years old wow and when i went and did that neurofeedback it was literally gone when i got out of the therapy it was gone yeah i literally have to remind myself as you know you remind me to eat all the time i'm like oh yeah okay i'll eat something yeah no i was so obsessed with food i thought of nothing else all day long sometimes i would cry myself to sleep because i had to wait till morning yeah till i could have some food heal my soul again and it never worked it never healed me it never gave me that satisfaction it was like a bottomless pit and I just could keep eating and eating and eating. I couldn't even decide what I wanted on a menu that was so stressful because I wanted everything. Wow. It was bizarre, literally. And so, no, I, I, I overcame the eating disorders, the lack of self-confidence. If you knew me as a younger woman and then you saw me public speaking in front of a large group of women getting on stage in a little bikini in high-heeled shoes at the Olympia or in a magazine on the cover or in any kind of layout. If you see that person, you go, oh my gosh, how did you even get there? Right. You would understand how many obstacles I overcame to get rid of that fear of everything. And then to really realize, you know what? I do deserve to be here because if we don't deserve in our own minds to be somewhere, we won't get there. Right. So, or if someone just... And we will seek relationships being romantic or friendships where other people don't value us. Yeah, because it's subconscious. Yes. Because that's how we deserve to be treated in our minds. And we resent them, but it's codependent. Yes. We can't get rid of it. And and I, I, I tell that to a lot of people that go through divorce and they're like, you know, my, my ex was, was this and this and this and this. And I tell them, don't forget 
that before you do anything else, you need to treat the root of the problem because you pick that person. Yes. You pick that person. So yes, and you stayed ev- with that person. And you stay with that person. So there's everything in the world wrong with that person, but you have if you don't do that, you're gonna pick the same person. Yep. In, in a different body. body. Yeah. Yeah. I did and, that actually a lot. So Right. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it, you know, there's always a reason. And and then and then there's the forgiveness. You have to forgive yourself. Like you have to understand, and if you look at a little girl, you know, we have a three-year-old little girl and a four-year-old little girl. And if we look at them as ourselves, we wouldn't blame them for picking, you know, the no. wrong guy or, or, or staying in the wrong relationship. We would just tell them, you know, you just need a little bit of help to heal. It wasn't your fault but you still need to heal. And that's why you have to treat that little girl inside of you sure. like you would treat your little... Like I actually often bring up that analogy with people who have little children. I just say, would you allow your daughter to be, treated. to be treated like that, to go through that and not to just help her get out of that? Right. And their eyes get big because they're like, no, I would never let my daughter go through that. Well, you're letting your little girl go through that. So why aren't you protecting her? Right. So start loving yourself where you are and your whole world will change. Yes. And with that, any goals you have, it might be a career change that you don't feel like you're deserving of or that you have, you know, the balls to make that move. It could be romantic. Going for a pedicure that you don't think you Going deserve. Going for a pedicure, yeah. as simple as that. It could be, you know, finding the right person and you, all you find is all the wrong guys. Well, that's why you're picking that. It has to that. start with yeah. you. And in in and the last thing is any fitness goals you have, it's if you don't take care of the self-love and self-worth first, your results won't be last. Meaningless. They'll right. be meaningless and they won't last. Yes. Yeah. So with that Amen. said, we would love your feedback on this show and any other topics we would li- you would like to hear us uh, talking about and sharing with you any life experience. That's what we're here for. We are here for you. And we'll be back in a couple of days with another podcast. Thank you. God bless.